0: Hi, in this Lessons from Lockdown episode of the Transforming Society podcast, we're talking to Helen Cara. Helen has been an independent researcher since 1999 and specialises in research methods and ethics. She's the author of five books published with Policy Press, including the forthcoming second edition of Creative Research Methods. Hello, Helen. Hi. Hi, thank you for chatting to me. Um, So obviously we're in coronavirus lockdown still, just about, What's been on your mind and what have you been working on during lockdown?
1: Well, it's been such an interesting time. I'm fortunate that I can work in my own office because it's in my garden. So I haven't had to move to working from home like a lot of people have. Um, But it's been different not travelling because it's rare that I'm in my office at home for a whole week, let alone a whole month, let alone three whole months and more, which is how long it's been. So... I've been doing my usual research, commissioned research contract work. I have three contracts running, one with the EU, one with the UK What Work Centre and one with a national UK charity. And those are running once till the end of this year and two are into next year. So I'm very fortunate to have a continuing source of income. Um, a lot of my teaching, all of, all of my teaching and speaking work, uh, universities and conferences was cancelled at the beginning or middle of March um, for understandable reasons. Um, But then some of that was rescheduled online. So I've been reorganizing my courses in creative research methods, in creative academic writing and in research ethics um, to run online in more shorter sessions rather than the one day or half a day or two days that I would do face to face. And in terms of publishing, everything's still carried on. And, you know, the great publishing train keeps rolling along. Oh,
0: yes.
1: And so the second edition of Creative Research Methods was in production. And another book I've been co-writing, uh, Creative Writing and Social Research, which I've been writing with Richard Phillips, that's just gone into production. And then there's another where we've just had reviewers' comments back. That's Creative Methods in Education Research, I'm writing that with a team. And um, the reviewers' comments were very positive. We have some work still to do, but not a great deal. And that will go into production at the end of July. So that's all still been rolling on. But then there was an interesting thing that happened when your colleague, Philippa Grand, emailed me and said, Do you fancy putting together a short little ebook about research methods in times of crisis? And I thought that was a really interesting idea. So I uh, recruited a co-editor, um, Suming Ku, from the National University of Ireland. And we've been working on that. We've had a lot of submissions. We're going through them now and making our decisions. And it looks like we'll be able to get one or possibly even two short ebooks out really quickly. And that's exciting. I'm glad Policy Press has that initiative running because I think that will be enormously helpful to researchers across all sectors, not just academics, but also practitioner researchers, applied researchers in, in the field and so on.
0: So thinking about research methods in times of crisis, what problems has coronavirus and the lockdown exacerbated or caused
1: for researchers generally? The main difficulty has been around data gathering, because a lot of that is face to face and involves groups of people or two people meeting um, or a small number of people or a large number of people or going in the street and talking to people. All of these um, sorts of methods of gathering data have become impossible under the lockdown. A lot of people have moved online where if you're just doing face to face interviews, it's very easy to move those to an online platform such as Skype or Zoom or Hangouts or to do it by phone. Um, Some people have done that also with focus groups, but where people are using perhaps more creative methods, I mean, things like walking interviews just really couldn't take place. Um, Research using performative methods, all of these kinds of things that require getting together with other people have been impossible. And researchers have been really grappling with this. And some have come up with some some of the submissions we've had through for the research methods in times of crisis book are using such innovative approaches to working differently with people. Everything from sort of digital approaches, using apps, smartphones, um, chatbots, that kind of thing, um, to some more lower tech, but still very accessible methods using the post like we used to do in the old days, sending stuff out yeah. in the post. And uh, yeah, absolutely. And um, I mean, this is just a tiny you know, state across the surface, but I think one of the problems is that there's been a real push do everything digitally. But of course, that excludes a whole bunch of people. And it's really important, I think, that we remember that some people choose not to be online. Some people don't have the skills to be online. Some people don't have the money to be online. Some people are excluded from a lot of online environments for reasons of disability. And if we want to reach a broad constituency as researchers, we need to be using methods like the post, you know, old school methods to reach people who are not online and who otherwise would be prevented from taking part in our work.
0: So it sounds like lockdown has in some ways given people opportunity to be a bit more innovative and creative. And do you think um, lockdown will change the way research is carried out in the future? And do you think there are particular lessons we can be learning from what's happening right now?
1: I think this pandemic will change all of our lives, is changing all of our lives in all sorts of ways. And I think one thing that it's brought home to researchers in a very um, acute kind of way, is that right now everyone is vulnerable. Everyone is stressed. Everyone is anxious. Um, many people are either recently bereaved or desperately worried about the health of someone they love. Um, and we're all subject to the same things. It's a, it's an interesting one. We haven't got to the end of this, um, but as an ethical approach, in terms of how we used to think about researchers as not vulnerable and some populations That we might gather data from as vulnerable. I think those those boundaries, which that binary, which was which was never a useful binary anyway. I think that's that's breaking down. And so there'll perhaps be less of a kind of paternalistic approach in the future, I hope, but also creativity around methods. I think creative methods. Well, I know creative methods have been around for a long time. Um, I've been using them since the early 2000s. Um, and as have many other people and my first the first edition of my book on the subject came out in 2015 and the field has absolutely exploded since then the second edition as you know has got much more in it over 200 new references yeah. over 30,000 new words you know there's a lot going on and that kind of learning has has actually helped i think in terms of how a lot of researchers have dealt with the what the situations they've faced with their work in the pandemic because being able to tap into that creativity and be able to being able to kind of pivot from one methodological approach to another, which will also help them to answer the research question is appropriate for what they're doing and works in the lockdown, is something I've been so impressed by seeing many, many researchers do. And researchers have also started asking themselves the question, should I even be doing this research right now? Which I think is another really crucial question in the lockdown that we don't all just carry on because that was the plan. Because this is a massive change of circumstances. And in some cases, people have chosen to pause their research or to put it down completely because it's simply no longer appropriate. And they need to look at something else and work in a different way. And I think that's hugely admirable. And I hope that that funders and research managers and so on are giving that kind of approach all the support it merits and deserves.
0: That's great. Thank you, Helen. Thanks very much for speaking to me today. You can find out more about Helen's work at policy.bristoluniversitypress.co.uk.